0: You're listening to audio from Grove Park Baptist Church. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.groveparkchurch.net. It's helpful as we begin to look at this second portrait and the death of Jesus to remind ourselves of what has occurred. In between portrait number one and portrait number two, as we are walking from one to the other, Jesus has put before the crowd. Jesus has put before the crowd for the crowd to pick who will be free and who will go to a cross and death. And the crowd stirred up by the priest choose Barabbas, they choose Barabbas. Barabbas, the thief, Barabbas, the one who had incited folks to riot, Barabbas, the murderer, Barabbas, the bandit. They pick him. They choose disorder over order. They choose death and the purveyor of death over the giver of life. They choose the thief over the creator and sustainer of all. They choose the bandit over the Messiah. And in all of this choosing, in all of these poor choices, Jesus remains silent. Still clothed in the silence of grace that we looked at last week. I think it's helpful to take a brief moment and remind ourselves just how great and how wide and how all-encompassing grace is. Grace is more than simple pardon and forgiveness of sin. Grace, as Paul tells us in his letter to the Corinthians, is strength in difficulty. Three times he says he prays for the thorn in his flesh to be removed. And God's response back is, my grace is sufficient. Not not pardon, Grace to sustain and strengthen. Newton, writing that glorious of all hymns, tells us that grace is what enables us to see. Grace transforms hearts that are stuck and immovable into willing and pliable. Grace gives us freedom. To do and see beyond ourselves. Grace makes us willing. Sadly, in this portrait today, there are many, many who are graceless. There's a battalion there, it says, 600 soldiers. 600 to keep one. 600 to watch over one. 600 who do not have the grace to see what is going on. 600 who do not have the grace to hear the message of his silence. 600. We really could care less what is going on. They just hear there's some crackpot who believes that he is king of the Jews. And so if he really is that stupid, instead of thinking for just a moment about how true this might be, instead of thinking about what he has done and what he has said, let's just go ahead and make him king. Let's take off his carpenter's robes and put on him a a scarlet robe of royalty. If he thinks he needs to have a crown, well, then let him understand that heavy is the head that wears the crown and let us make him a crown of thorns. He needs a scepter, so let's get him one. Oh, let's get him one that's not all that great and all that strong and all that mighty. Let's get him a reed and let us kneel before him and say, hail, king. Let us mock and ridicule him. For see, it is far more easier to do that than to think. It is far more easier to be ungraceful than to be grace-filled and say, what is going on? Beloved, let us never fall in the trap of ridicule. Let us never fall in the trap of ridicule when we don't understand something to not have the grace to see through it. Let us never fall in the the trap to, to persecute or to revile instead of having grace to sit in the moment and be willing to just listen. We live in a world that is nothing more than ridicule. We live in a world which will not listen to the words of the gospel, instead ridicule it. We live in a world that is unwilling to hear. And we must understand that we can never be unwilling to show grace. But these soldiers were. For a moment, beloved, I think it's important for us to take just a moment and remember what it's like being on the other side of ridicule. How often are you ridiculed? Not very, probably, right? At least not in front of you. Who knows what folks say behind you, right? You know, I I was... uh, I was talking with my mother the other day and uh, <clears throat> she was telling me about some folks in the neighborhood. And I, I said to her in the course of it, I said, you sound just like my grandmother. Now I understand those are fighting words in our house. And she said, don't say that, don't say that. I told it to her. I hung up the phone and went into elaborate detail with Eliza. That's on a mild level. Do people attack you, though, because of your faith? Do they attack you because of the standards that you keep? Do they attack you because of, of you going beyond yourself to, to show grace to disgraceful people, ungraceful people, people who may not deserve things? Most of the time when people attack us, we attack back, right? In that nature, you just want me to sit here and take it? Yes, Jesus did. In fact, the text seems very clear here that Jesus is very willing to take it, as we will see. Why? Because he had remembered what he had already said. Blessed are you when people revile and persecute you. We don't think ourselves blessed then, beloved, but understand something that when we do, when people do make fun of us, we are blessed. We are blessed. They might not understand it. We don't have to explain it to them. Our question is, in the moment, are we being graceful and understanding that we are blessed? Are we willing to simply take it? You know, very often we live in a, in a society that, that can give, but it can't take, right? Right? It's basketball season. Your team loses to someone else. You know who you can go after, and you know who you better not, right? Because they can give it all day long to you, but they can't take it back. Beloved, if there has ever been a point in history where the church of God must be able to keep a thick skin and understand and be willing to take the persecution of the world, it is now. Because in doing so, we show grace. We model Jesus. He takes it. He takes it, and and you know, I I don't like to skip to the end of books, but I'm going to skip to the end of this one. Do you remember how well he takes it? He takes it so well that there's a centurion standing there. I'm assuming he's one of the 600. And as Jesus takes his last breath, he looks up and he says, what? Surely he is the Son of God. Oh, his eyes have been opened. His heart has been molded. He has seen something in the willingness of Jesus to simply take this. Oh, beloved, if we're not willing to take it, how should we think that they'll ever be willing to receive what we say? We have to be people who live in grace who swim in grace, that keeps us calm and cool. Knowing that Jesus has called us blessed, that Jesus will sustain us, that the grace that saved us will be the grace that takes us through and that we can go through anything as long as Jesus is with us. And we show him to the world. How did Jesus do it? Well, he took the cross. He took the cross. Now, understand something. You and I use this phrase. Uh, well, that's my cross to bear, and we, we, we. I think in doing that, put down the cross. You know. It's my cross to bear to to have to go through this sickness. It's it's my cross to bear to to have to have this uh, problem in my life. It's my cross to bear to have this particular point in my family. It's my cross to do any number of things that are difficult. Beloved, the cross is not difficult. The cross is a mission. The cross is a mission from God for his son to go and die. Crosses aren't burdens. Crosses are instruments of execution. And the question for us is, are we willing to take not a burden up, but the mission? Jesus knew what he was taking up. Jesus knew what he was taking up when he went to the cross. He understands. He accepts the mission. And in doing so, he finds the freedom to live it out fully. He's not encumbered by other things. He can give of himself completely. He can take everything. Why? Because the mission is there and he has accepted the mission and the mission is for you and I and hundreds of millions of others around the world in countless ages to come to saving grace in Jesus Christ. And because of that, he has the grace to endure. He has the grace to accept. He is more than willing to go To the cross. So, how willing are you to accept the mission? How willing? It's not easy. It's freeing, though. It's not easy. That's why we must have strength to do it. It's not easy. That's why God gives us the plan. We don't have to formulate it. He just gives it. All he asks of us is to say, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's trust him. Let's do it. Let's be willing to face persecution. Let's do it. Let's let's be willing to to give up everything to follow him. Let's let's do it. Let's say that nothing is going to hold me back. I'm free in Christ. And so I am free to, to say I am willing to give it all up for him. I'm not held back. I'm not encumbered. I am free to go and die myself if must. People say all the time. They don't make them like they used to, right? Particularly when I do funerals for senior saints. People will say, oh, they don't make them like that anymore. And I've thought about that over time. And I've thought about the fact that there is a theological word for that. You ready for it? Poppycock. They do make them like that. The same grace that was available to them is available to us. The same grace that made them willing to do and sacrifice everything for the sake of the gospel is still available to us. The grace that gave Jesus the ability, it's not his divinity. Remember, he is fully human and fully divine. The grace that enabled him to accept the cross willingly And silently, without complaint, is still available to us. The problem is we don't seek it. And I dare say we don't want it because it might ask something of us have a friend who read a book name of the book is uh i think it's called kisses from katie i own it i hadn't read it yet it's about this girl who goes off and uh adopts practically this whole village of children in Africa and moves away from the United States and lives in Africa and and just makes a great gospel impact there. And uh, this friend had got it from her daughter's mother-in-law. So both grandmas have read it now, okay? And they said, I said to him, what do you think? And they said, well, we can't let They named their granddaughter. We can't let our granddaughter read this book. And I said, why? We're afraid she might get an idea. We can't send her to Africa. Beloved, Jesus Christ was willing to go to the cross for me and for you. And we don't deserve it. He did it so that the grace that he was fully imbibed with could be given to us. And we can't say, Lord, I'll do anything but. We should simply say, Lord, let's do it all with you. Give me that cross, I'll take it. Give me the biggest one and the baddest one. I'll take it. Why? Because, beloved, if you could do it on your own, as my dear friend Eric Davidson said, God didn't do it. But if you can do it in His grace, all His grace needs is your willingness. You can do things that can't be explained and change the world. So the question is, in this picture of grace, are you mocking the grace of God by not accepting it? Are you living the grace of God by accepting the cross? Let's pray. give us grace to be willing, Lord. Willing to go to new places, willing to do new things, willing to do anything to give you a blank check and say, I'll follow, you tell me, I'll go. Because, Lord, only in our willingness. You will will not force us, Lord. You might make us miserable, but you will not force us. But your grace makes us willing. So we pray for grace and we pray for willing hearts. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.